Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. Just before we jump into the episode this week, I wanted to share a little bit about the Thrive community that I run. It's a place where many like-minded women go to connect and share their experience with getting and staying successfully sober. There are different sections like the main Thrive community feed where people post about things that are up and coming or about challenges they're facing and they get incredible support from other members of the group. It really is a special, special place to be right now. There are also sections to share your milestones because every win, even the really small ones, are a big thing to celebrate and we acknowledge that. There are five events, there are the weekly Zoom recordings, so you can go back and see all the weekly Zoom meetings and all the topics that have been covered in those meetings at your own leisure. There's a share sober tips section and then there are group chats for the first 30 days, the first 100 days, the first year and over a year. There's a knowledge hub as well. And in the knowledge hub, you'll find a place for books and book recommendations. There's a section of how to survive the first 30 days. So if you come in completely brand new to getting sober, you can hit the ground running and find tools and information to get a structure set up for yourself from the outset. There's also my Thrive Sober program, there's a toolkit, there's understanding the brain science and a space to read and learn about all the topics under emotional sobriety, most of which have been written by myself. So come into Thrive. If you're thinking about it or you're lacking community, I would say just jump in and go for it and maybe we'll see you in there soon. Hello and welcome to Sober Stories from Everyday People. Today I'm chatting to Emily who's living in Bristol and she has been sober since December 2022. So that's nine months and how exciting that you get to celebrate uh, a year in December. I think it's a lovely month actually to celebrate a soberversary uh, and I'm looking forward to getting into the story of how it all started in December so it's early, Emily, you know, this is like yes. after eight in the morning. I appreciate you being here and sharing your story. Thank you so much for coming on. Amazing. And yeah, good morning. And thank you for having me. It's um, really exciting to be on today and just having a chat. So why don't you tell us a bit about who you are and we can get to know you a little bit before we get into your story. Yeah, of course. Um, So I have been living in Bristol for about two years now. Um, Originally, I came here for uni about a decade or so ago. Um, Always wanted to stay down here. Really, really loved the city, liked the people and the lifestyle and everything. Um, I got the opportunity to move back in 2021. Um, So I've been here ever since. Um, I'm 32 and... I work full-time as a personal assistant. Um, I do keep myself busy outside of work, though. So I also um, run a trampoline fitness class called Bounce on Mondays and Wednesdays. And I also set up an Instagram page when I was very newly sober um, called Sober Girls Bristol because I didn't feel like I'd made many friends in Bristol yet. And I just wanted to find people that were like me um, and... Yeah, it's just kind of grown from there. So I've been doing little like meetups and stuff over the last couple, like nine months or so. Um, and that's been great. And that's, that's definitely helped sort of stick to sobriety and just help make it just part of my lifestyle instead of just something that I'm trying. And yeah, it's really, really helped with that like momentum and everything as well. So um, I don't have any pets at the minute, although I'd love to do 
there's a guide dog center nearby so I'd love to like foster one of the guide dogs but I know I'd probably get way too attached um but yeah you just drop them off at like dog school and then pick them up and stuff so hopefully in the next couple of years we'll be able to do that but yeah that, that's basically me so I keep myself busy with work and social and yeah just pottering along really <laughs> I love that bounce trampolining. Um, how do you get to a, a, a position where you can teach that? Like, what what sort of? <laughs> I think I, I, I think I started in oh, I think it was like 2016, 2017. Um, so at the time, I was quite anxious. And looking back now, obviously hindsight's a great thing. I can see I definitely maybe it was drinking more, and then my anxiety's gone up as well. Um, but I started going to classes then and I was going like three times a week and in 2019 I was like I'm just going to do the training course I'll just see what happens give it a go um I guess probably similar to sobriety really just take that first step do the thing and then see how it goes and then yeah years later I'm still teaching it I love it it's been really helpful for me personally settling in in Bristol because you get to see the same places especially when you know 2021 was still kind of working from home and things so um and it was nice to to have that like human interaction um during the week so I was living on my own as well so it was nice if I wasn't in the office and um, yeah I love it I love it as an exercise it just keeps me like mentally and physically well so yeah that's, that's uh, really cool it's good fun yeah um, that's brilliant yeah. yeah it's really different and I think um I think you know it's such a good thing to do isn't it to, to sort of even if you are maybe sometimes more socially anxious or you know just to throw yourself yeah. in and you know not only did you train in the bounce trampolining but you also then set up a local sober meetup uh thing in Bristol which yeah. is brilliant I'm super looking forward to hearing all about that so let's go back to the beginning then for you where did your relationship with alcohol start and and, and what did that relationship look like for you so I think I have little memories of sort of like the first, I guess, introduction to alcohol. And it's probably, I know in the podcast, your first one, you mentioned about being quite young and you first tried it. I think I remember one of the girls at school, I think we were in like year nine, so about 14, um, had snuck some of her like dad's whiskey in a water bottle into school. And I remember like trying a little bit, it's a bit bad. It's a bit bad. Um, and not not like obviously not liking the taste at all um but definitely feeling that like warmth and stuff and just feeling that little like giddiness and I think I was quite quiet quite shy and it's I'm probably a classic drinker where it just gave me that confidence so as I got to like 17 18 and started to actually drink um yeah it just felt like a way to make friends or to have fun and Obviously, the drinking culture is huge in the UK and particularly going to uni as well. Um, I would say uni is where it really, really picked up um, for me. But I, looking back now, I can see that it wasn't, I was drinking way too much. But at the time, you just think everyone's doing it, you know, it's freshers week and it's this place. And Monday night, you know, one pound shots or whatever it was back then, it was, you know, you just get on that um, carousel a bit, really. Mm. Um, although I would say that from even being like 18, 19, 20, the hangovers I got from alcohol were horrific. And I don't think other people that I was friends with and still are friends with um, suffered as much. And I, I, I'm i still in my head a bit undecided whether it was just I was drinking way too much or whether I, I just, my body just couldn't handle it as well or they just didn't show it in, a, in the same way. Um, so I, I think yeah uni was definitely one where it really really picked up um and then after finishing uni I moved back with my parents um it's quite nice actually neither of them are big drinkers so when I quit in December you know things like being home for Christmas it wasn't a problem they don't really drink so it was actually quite nice going home for Christmas and just having that quiet um but taking it back after uni I started working in London and that the London drinking culture is just wild it is insane um and I would say I had quieter moments during that that time at different companies but um probably when I was like 26 I joined somewhere and that was a very heavy drinking culture so um yeah just kind of carried on really yeah 
Um, I relate to that. We were talking about this, weren't we, before we came yeah. online. Um, I did a stint similar, I suppose, in the 19, the years of 19 to 26, I was working in London and and, and getting into that heavy drinking culture as well. Weirdly, at 26, I moved to Bournemouth. Yeah. And that's where I think my drinking when you know, for me really ramped up, but it was because of my job, I think as well, the job and the people that I met. And I think if you get into that kind of more toxic work environment, I don't mean toxic in a, in a bad way in terms of, I I just mean toxic as in (laughs) heavy drinking and, and, and all the other things that go with that. Um, yeah, sort of work hard, play hard culture I I just yeah I suppose almost it's almost like whether it's London or anywhere else I do think a lot of it is the sort of job that you get into and then the relationships that you then get exposed to and the culture of that company which for me when I was 26 to until I was 26 to sort of nearly 35 I was working in a company that really I wouldn't say promoted drinking but that's an easy way to socialize it's an easy way to network it you know if you're trying to sell something you know you need those good relationships and it's an easy way to build that like connection without really having to get to know someone it's quite it it is used a lot um and it's also you know hard day relax that's fine go out come on let's treat ourselves and yeah. I guess particularly in London, you've got, you know, like the slanky bars, let's go to the rooftop and drink Prosecco up there. Or, you know, it, it, you've got all the different places you can Quite go. Quite a lot of glamour, isn't yeah. it? In the, yeah, I, I, can, I can see that. I think in London, particularly inner London, so not, I mean, I was living a little bit more in the, the suburbs probably, sort of yeah. more... Uh, like Twickenham and Kingston. And, but, but when you're kind of in central London it is more glamorous there are a lot more places to go and I can I can totally see how you'd easily get caught up in that in your mid-20s yeah 100% and I think I the job and the company that I'm in now I got that job I think I started it about November 19 and I realized very quickly I cannot keep the lifestyle that I've got now and be successful in this company it was a completely different culture it was quite a shock to the system really I went from a smaller company to a larger like corporate and surprisingly enough they actually don't have like a huge drinking culture and it, it might be you know I was new I didn't really see a lot of it I was away for the Christmas period and then we went into the COVID lockdown so maybe it just I hadn't got into that that side of it but um the previous role I was in you know if they have if there was a crisis wine would appear on your your desk if there was you know Christmas there would be like the wine and cheese would be out from like two o'clock and you'd have like little shots be putting on your desk and you know there was um yeah it was quite heavy but I think a couple of things that happened in my late 20s definitely put me onto this path today because if I hadn't got that job I wouldn't have been able to keep that job and move to Bristol and things like that as well so I yeah, I, I know obviously the COVID was really, really tough, but on a really personal level, I was it completely broke me out of that like London drinking culture. Um, and I actually did, I remember around Easter time, um, everyone was obviously on Zoom and everything. And um, I'd been given a bottle of like champagne for Christmas or birthday or some event. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll have that, you know, everyone's like drinking on the Zoom quiz and things. And I remember drinking it and I drank the whole thing. And I felt rubbish the next day. I was like, this is not worth it. Like, I didn't even, you know, I wasn't even socialising. I'm just drunk in my bedroom. Like, this is not mm. not great. And um, I that was when I did another, like, stint of sobriety. And I that was one of the, the things that in December I was thinking back on where I felt so good during that time because the sun was out. I was trying to go for regular walks. I was keeping in touch with people um keeping my head down at work just getting on with it but not drinking and not I wasn't tired I wasn't having to commute and stuff so this was around just so I get the timing here so 2020 yeah when when the first lockdown hit 
yeah you and I you know we talk about this a lot on this podcast I think COVID was a big thing for for drinkers and for people that you know were drinking or over drinking um so you and I remember the quizzes and all and all all of that and I remember the heat and you know it was literally a free-for-all you know just just stay home and get drunk basically was was the advice um so you had the champagne and you felt really groggy and and you were you were on your own and you were in your bedroom in this you know in this situation where you're on this zoom quiz you had the champagne and then around that time you just felt fed up and you decided what did you what did you decide did you decide you just needed a break did you decide that's it I want to stop yeah I think in my 20s not not every year but particularly when I moved to the the company I mentioned previously I think I would try and do like dry January most of the time it would stick every so often it wouldn't um and then the 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 years that I did do dry January I would then try and continue it so um I don't practice Christianity but I quite like Lent I like the idea of giving something up and just challenging yourself um and so because they're quite close together I would just sort of continue it on to Easter so I'd normally do like a four month stint of not drinking um again not every year but it started to become a bit more of a thing where I was like oh, I'll do it again and I think January for me is quite an easy month to give up drinking because I've normally had a bucket full from like the summer through to December yeah. and then actually it's really dark no one wants to go out it's cold it's miserable everyone's saving money post Christmas and stuff so for me I like I quite like hunkering down mm-hmm. um and yeah just after that point we got you know went into lockdown and I was like well, I'm just not going to drink like what was the point and I think I was very much a social drinker I didn't typically drink at home it was more when I was out and about and I think I drank that and I was like I'm not even I like this isn't fun like the, the the bit that I found fun about drinking was being drunk with people and now looking back I'm like even if I was drunk with people, I'm still having my own experience there and having their own experience. You're not really with them because you, mm. you, you know, you, you, you kind of like to run, but no one's actually home um, yeah. when you're doing it. And yeah, I just found that I was like, why have I done that? That was completely pointless. Like, it's not as if, you know, I, I, there's been no fun to it. I just, mm. yeah. And so at that point I was like, oh no, do you know what? I'm just going to not drink for it. Um, and then I was like working out really frequently. I was sleeping so much better because I wasn't going out. I think um, it became a bit of a thing for about two years. It was called Wild Wednesday. So I used to play dodgeball after work. And some of the games were a bit later. They were like 8.40. So we'd go to like the pub and we'd always go to the pub afterwards. And there were so many times where I was like on the last train home. Um, so I wasn't getting into like half one in the morning and you're up and going to work the next day. And I look back now and I, I do cringe and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Um, but it was exactly that kind of example that when I got the job I'm in now, I knew I can't be good at this job and do that stuff. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, and then obviously, you know, not by not getting in that late on a weeknight, you, you naturally have got more energy and stuff. And I just felt so much better. And I was able to, like, look at what I was eating because I wasn't not eating dinner and getting drunk instead, like, mm-hmm. being out and about in town or grabbing McDonald's on the way home or whatever it was. So I think, um, yeah, I just I felt like that particular first lockdown after Easter, um, I was just able to, like, sleep more not drink and it was absolutely fine like for me anyway mm. I didn't find it too bad because I think I made a real effort to keep in contact with people as well so I was you know speaking to friends and trying to get out every day and having the walk especially when the weather was nice and mm. work were really the company I'm in were really really good during lockdown we had like regular touching so I didn't feel alone or anything because I was at living with my parents as well so like it was nice to spend that time with them um and yeah just that was sort of the first that was the one where I felt like I'd given it a really good shot where it wasn't just like oh it's dry January I'm still going out I'm just not going to drink it was sort of like a real reset time um so in the December uh, when I decided that's it um 
I kind of reflected on that time and was like, what was I doing during that period that I felt so good? And I was like, well, I wasn't drinking. I was really focusing on my food. My exercise was really like routine was good. And also with like the um, bounce classes, you can't do bounce hungover. You cannot do bounce hungover. It's like the worst thing. No one wants to jump on a trampoline if you're feeling sick. Um, so I definitely, um, you know, I wanted to do really well at that as well. Um, so yeah, 19 was definitely, I think, a pivotal year in, that the you know the journey to get be in the place I am now but it just sometimes it takes a few goes I think it's not yeah. as easy as just being like oh you kind of test the water and, and just doing those kind of breaks sometimes even if you're just a bit like sober curious I think it's really good to see how it is for you and it helped me get clear on why I drank as well what I actually liked about it wasn't the drinks it was the situations I was in so being around the people having you know catching up with them and stuff but you can still do that you just don't have to like poison yourself when you do it yeah that's right um so on that um that stint in the lockdown how long did that last so how many months was that from memory I think it was about four or five um, okay and then it lifted in the summer and I think it was around I might be good at my dates confused I think it was around like the end of July or August that things had started lifting and then I think that was everyone could see each other in person again yeah oh, let's have a drink and catch up and then yeah it so I didn't fall back into exactly the same habits I had previously but then definitely that summer was again another quite drink heavy heavy one just celebrating and having you know little like not house parties because we weren't allowed like lots of people or anything like that but just catching up with friends going to the park and you know things like that um so yeah that kind of lasted till then and I don't think apart from that that was the last stint I did until it got to the current one and where I am now really so is that in the same, I'm trying to work out if that's in the same year. So obviously this is 2020. 20, yeah. And, and then, then in did, 20, we did the like four or five months and then lockdown was lifted. And, and I remember it was, that. It was yeah. like literally crazy, wasn't it? Like yeah. it back to the pubs and it was a big, big time, yeah. I think, for drinkers. And then so, but then what happened between sort of, um summer 2020 getting to the point of December 2022 because obviously there's quite a big stretch of time did you just carry on drinking all through that time or did you I think during when we had the other we had that tier four lockdown didn't we over Christmas and stuff like that so I think that I um, lose count of the lockdown yeah (laughs) I remember I was so gutted because the um in the November 2020 it was my like 30th birthday as well so I remember we did we could that was it you could sit outside and you could have a drink with a substantial meal so I do remember yes. doing something. You were allowed, you only allowed like a group of six. So there was six of us. I think we ended up hiring like Boris bikes and just cycling around and then um, ended up in Borough Market, one of the pubs had like a garden and just having like a pie and a pine or something like that. Um, and then I think the December, I might, I, I wouldn't have drunk during the thing, but I can't remember if I had maybe something on Christmas. Um, but I think they were, they were stints that I just didn't, engage with it Um, kind of going back to almost kind of yeah kind of flipped between yeah yeah, drinking and then sort of oh no actually I was feeling better (laughs) before um and so I suppose what 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 I'm interested in here is what what made the big jump in December so talk to talk to me about the days leading up to or the night before you just said that's it now I want to I want to go for it yeah I think um obviously leading up to that moving to Bristol summer 2021 um I was single I didn't know many people so like naturally would have drinks you know it's an easier like we touched on earlier it's an easy way to you know create that connection or Mm. bond and so on and I was very lucky to meet my boyfriend in October, end of, end of September, early October 2021. Um, and the thing I liked about that was our dates and our particularly early dating weren't focused on drinking. So we did more activities and actually it was really nice that that wasn't a key 
key feature mm. of our relationship. Um, so flashing forward to the December, I'd probably start in like the November. So I had, there were there were a couple of things actually in 2021. Um, and it was all events where I was really excited about doing something on a Saturday and doing something the day before or, or on the weekend um, ruined it. So I had a bottomless brunch with some girls here and we went out and that was the Saturday. And on the Sunday, I'd booked to do like a food festival. And I think Sophie Ellis Bexter was like headlining and stuff. So um, Ben and I were going to go to that. And the night, be- the day before, because we'd had so much at brunch and then you go to a bar and then it was really random. There was like some Exeter rugby players and they were giving us like Jaeger bombs. And like, it was all just a bit of a blur that, that day. And, you know, like he came around from the Sunday and just getting up to like open the door. I was like sick and I'm trying to like revive myself to still go to the food festival, but it just completely tainted it because I was like walking around, like what's going to make me feel better? Not, or oh, what do I actually fancy to eat? I was sort of like, that looks good. I can't stomach that right now. Or, you know, and I, I think, that I was like really dehydrated and thirsty so you know it's just it ruined it that experience mm-hmm. it tainted it um and similarly in I think it was like September or October I got a last minute invite to like a an event and went along and on the Saturday I'd had a like 80s 90s dance workshop booked and I was really looking forward to it and I haven't seen it advertised since and I'm still like it's one of those I was like I wish I'd have gone mm-hmm. um but again too much wine and I think events or if you're like a work thing and you're drinking it is really hard because people just free pour you don't have control over your glass Mm. um and again woke up was still a bit drunk to be honest really hungover I was sick again and I think because I'd had so many hangovers where I was being sick as well Mm. it wasn't like I could just like struggle through as well it was like no you are bed bound and I, I think that I found I found that really frustrating because I was so looking forward to that class and I was like, if I just had drank less and and it's really hard because sometimes, particularly in those situations when the drinks are flowing or you get caught up in rounds or, you know, you're sharing bottles and things like that, it, it can so easily just escalate. Yeah. Um, and then in the November, it was my birthdays at the end of November and Ben had planned like a whole surprise, surprise thing for me. So I didn't know what we were doing. And again, his plans went particularly like alcohol focus so we went for like a nice breakfast um we went to it's called bounce, bounce a lot of bounce references and um, bounce the ping pong bar um so there was a group of friends I didn't really know who was coming along he sort of arranged it all and um I knew we were going somewhere but I didn't know where and we had a bit of a gap between the the ping pong ending and then the dinner that he'd booked mm-hmm. and my friend loves karaoke so we went to karaoke and then that was just, it just ramped up karaoke because we were going into the booth kind of semi-soberish and mm. then it was, you know, the shots came out, the drinks came out, then we went to dinner and it was all a bit of a blur and it turned out that the trip we were doing, he'd booked us like a room on the um, Caledonia sleeper train up to Glasgow and I'd, like, I'd wanted to go on this sleeper train for so long and Aww. I didn't know that that's what we were doing and it, it's, it still is a bit of a sore point because I'm like, I feel like, because I drank so much during the day or just drank, it really tainted that experience because mm-hmm. when I woke up, I just, we got into it, I was going to think seven and um, I just felt absolutely horrific, like still drunk. I just felt like I hadn't like taken my makeup off because I just like passed out when we got in and like the whole experience of it was just ruined. They give you like, you have a little breakfast menu, they bring that round to you in the morning before you get off. And I remember like coming off of this um, train and just being like, I feel horrific. And, and like the whole, the whole experience of it just again was tainted or like ruined. And it was such a great surprise. But again, if I hadn't drunk, I would have just enjoyed it so much more. Um, yeah. And I think was very lucky that day actually because the hotel they probably looked at us and they were like they need to they can't just stay here they've got to go into a room um because I, I just obviously looked horrific um and that definitely saved me but again we were you know doing the day where we were like walking around and stuff but I had to have a nap in the room before we could like actually get up and go out and again you're picking breakfast based on like oh what can I stomach not as instead of oh what am I really gonna love or really gonna enjoy um so I think there was a couple of bits like that. And then the week of 
me deciding to give up I had two Christmas parties and then a friend's Christmas as well that week so this is in quite quick succession following on from my birthday mm-hmm. and then I think the Wednesday was in Birmingham it was like a karaoke thing again um and I, I guess as a group of black people it helps isn't it you know you, you have some drinks and you ease up into it and I think I do remember that I, I just would have that feeling of like oh if I'm out let's make this like the best night ever or like let's not go in until we've like we've had like this amazing night kind of thing and again it wasn't like a crazy night I think was asleep by like one but traveling back to Bristol and then having another Christmas party the next day I could really feel it and then I had a friend's Christmas on the Saturday and by this point I think that one could have been really tame but again the bottles of Prosecco come out and it's just I just yeah I just drank too much I think and I, I definitely I was thinking about this the other day when I was walking to work we live quite near um the sports stadium and someone had left like half a pint of beer and I was like walked past it and just remember thinking like if I had something in my glass I would finish that glass like yeah, if I paid for it I would buy it like if I bought it I'm drinking it yeah. um but I never really made that kind of association at the time it's only now looking back I'm like mm, that's a bit problematic but um yeah I think I just felt like crap waking up on that that Sunday there was like a Christmas market I wanted to go to I couldn't again I was sick I think I was like sick most of the day just and it was just another day where I was like it's just ruined another day and I think mentally as well I would get really bad anxiety um Mm. and I would really struggle with that and again being like alcohol free for nine ten months is definitely my anxiety levels have dropped hugely and sometimes you just don't see it when you're in that cloud but I think that particular night when we got back um to the flat I don't even know why that's a bit for some reason I think the build-up of almost like two weeks where I'd had a couple of heavy heavier um drinking sessions I was just not in a good mindset and like I was just the things I was saying about myself as well was just really like horrible things you know like I really didn't like myself in that moment and then the next day waking up I think Ben was quite concerned being like you know are you actually okay because you know you you seem to have like a lot of self-hate and I think I was getting to that point where I was just like if there was something I didn't like it would almost not every time and not every time I drank I didn't feel like this but on that particular night I was just really horrible to myself Mm. and I woke up and I was like why am I doing this like what have I gained like I can barely remember a lot of the interactions from last night I've lost a whole day again I'm being sick like this isn't good for my body like I'm gonna make decisions today you know I'm not gonna be exercising I'm not gonna be you know making sure I'm hydrated I'm not gonna be eating well and I, I feel like it's a whole a whole package and I was and then I was just thinking back like when I felt the best I've ever felt when was that um and yeah one of the the main bits I wasn't drinking and I think it wasn't like it was like a rock bottom moment or anything like that I think I just had had enough I was like I've been doing this for like a decade I'm bored now like I just and it it just felt, felt really difficult to know whether like is this one drink gonna make me feel sick or am I gonna be okay and yeah you know and also as well I don't think sometimes it was a classic and even I go back to London for work and I'll go and stay with my parents and I'll be like oh, I'm going for like dinner tonight or I'm just going I'm just going to meet a friend for a quick drink after work and even like my mum and dad they were like sure it's just one kind of thing and it got to that point where like if I'd have been like I'm going up just for one like everyone would know it's not for one kind of thing mm. and yeah um, yeah, and I think at the time I probably justified it because I was like, well, I socially drink. I don't drink at home, so it's not a, you know, it's not a problem. Like, yeah. it's fine. Like, you kind of, I think sometimes you put these things on yourself of like, mm. yeah, you kind of, yeah, justify it a bit. Yeah, I think, do you know, I think that's, uh, this is a, this is such a classic example of where the cost of drinking just massively outweighs any benefit or any fun you know at the end of the day you were paying such a big price 
to 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 go out and have a few drinks yeah and it knocks into the like following week because you know on the Monday you would be not well rested you're tired and I don't think I don't know whether this is a coincidence or not it probably is the only thing I can think of but I've had so much more praise of work in the last like couple of months being like you're really on it you're like you're so you know you're really one step ahead of us at the minute and part of me just think it probably is even though I wasn't drinking frequently or by myself or at home or you know it those big bigger occasions of drinking you know that still has a huge impact because even if you're doing that once a month you know that can still be a quarter of your a quarter yeah. of your weekends and yeah I think that that's definitely yeah it's just the cost of it and it, it just didn't feel like it was like suiting my lifestyle anymore and yeah it, it sounds silly as well I was just like it's just not cute is it like it's not like it's just not nice like I'm just not enjoying it and the amount of times that I've been like unwell because I've been hungover um even on like trains and stuff it's just it's embarrassing <laughs> Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. And it is hard because I think sometimes, you know, you don't, I can't experience the hangover that you would have. And it's that kind of, it is still a bit of a personal thing. But everyone, oh, I'm really, really hungover. Yeah, me too. You kind of feel like, oh, it's acceptable because everyone feels the same. Like, yeah. just what happens after a night, how you feel rough. Like, it's fine. Everyone's, everyone has the same feeling. Um, but yeah, for me, it was just, I just, I was just bored of wasting it wasting a weekend and bored of feeling anxious and anxiety and I just got bored of that like yeah I just got bored of it really mm. I think it's probably the it's like you're craving you're just really craving a better life and a more stable more healthy life and I think when you were explaining about those events that were tainted by alcohol you know that yeah. that that's hard isn't it because some of those things were really special important things like and weddings and stuff I've been to weddings I had two in 2021 and you know remember up to a certain point and then don't remember anything like yeah. it's and it, it's scary as well and I think I didn't realize that people some people don't black out and I didn't realize that blacking out actually is really really like not normal not okay and yeah. I just thought everyone did it I just thought everyone had like gaps and then I was a bit hazy last night yeah kind of remember speaking to this person oh I didn't remember I did that what um yes. when did I take that picture um I just I, yeah I didn't I didn't realize it's, it's more with hindsight and reading lots of books and listening to different podcasts and you know videos and whatever and all of the content that's on Instagram now as well I'm like oh actually that's the problem like you shouldn't be blacking out if you drink if you blacked out you are literally your brain can't process because you're you've poisoned yourself too much I know it's so frightening isn't it It, Mm -hmm. it's also just we as a society we really normalize blackouts though it's so frightening isn't it that that it's almost like a badge of honor something to be really locked off the next day but and I think when you're in it you do go along with that flow of kind of laughing it off and even secretly deep down you're thinking oh my god this doesn't feel normal though yeah but it's only like you say when you step out of it and you look back yeah and you learn about alcohol and about how much it changes your brain chemistry and how it impacts all of the organs in your body and it literally passes through every single cell of your body and it's just all this stuff that you learn about that you then realize oh my god this was so crazy why did I do this for so long and yeah and thank god I don't do this anymore you know yeah (laughs) I am so pleased I don't and I think one of the biggest takeaways or one of one of the biggest things for me from this is the friendships that I've made being sober and the connections I have with the people that I know now and my existing friends I found the connections and the friendships I wanted that I was kind of hoping that I would find by like going to bottomless brunch and then like you know you meet your best friend in the toilet like those kind of connections I've actually found so many people that are like-minded and have like you know they're just in the same place and I'm really pleased that 
that's led me to it because I did feel lonely in Bristol and I think that that definitely fed into some of the mm. okay yeah I'll go for a drink I'll like you know stay out and stuff because you want I wanted to feel that connection whereas now particularly through the Instagram page I've I've made those connections with people yeah. that I was searching for and yeah. I needed alcohol for it it's so funny it's a great example of where alcohol becomes a social lubricant in those yeah. situations and I feel a bit like that with um with you know mum friends or you know school kids mums school mums and I tend to avoid getting involved in in not because I'm not a nice person look I I, I will literally say hello and chat to everybody you know briefly when I'm on the school run but I I don't gravitate towards the groups that in the new classes that get together on the Friday to have drinks in you know the local pub and then form those big friendships. I've never got into that because I've been sober four and a half years. My children have only been going to school for four and a half years. So I've totally missed that because all of those sorts of events are built around alcohol. And I just, A, I just don't think I'd find them interesting, unfortunately, because I'm not on that wavelength anymore. And I think, you know, 10 years ago, or, or, or even, what am I talking about? even five, six, seven years ago, you know, I would have yeah. been all over that probably. Um, but I avoid it like the plague now. And I just, I don't yeah. get involved because, yeah, alcohol is so social lubricant. It's the acceptable, Prosecco is the acceptable currency in those yeah. new, in that new dynamic with those new kind of mum friends. And yeah. I don't want to be the one that's, you know, I wouldn't really be, I, I I don't want to say I wouldn't be welcomed because most of these people are really nice that I do meet, but I just, I know what I was like when I was a drinker. I wouldn't yeah. have really wanted a sober mom coming along to the pub. Like yeah. what's all that about? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, no thanks. <laughs> so I just, you know, I don't want to do it, but I also just don't think I'd fit in. So yeah. I can totally understand when you move to uh, another city. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's the easy thing to do, isn't it? Get together. Yeah, especially going on like dates and stuff. It's just, yes. that, you know, ease the nerves and so on. But I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased that I, I'm not in that space now. And it's nice because I think I turn up more like authentically myself because I'm not, I've, I've become more comfortable being like, oh, sometimes I am a little bit more quiet and that's okay. Like I yeah. don't need to be like the life and soul. Like I can, you know, just enjoy the moment and you know be around the people that love me love me for me not what I'm like when I'm drunk if anything they're probably concerned about what I'm like when I'm drunk Um, but I think yeah and on that as well I I went to an event a couple of months ago I think it was July-ish and it was an ABBA bingo event and I was kind of nervous about it because I knew everyone's going to be drinking what alcohol free choices do they have and stuff and I, I don't typically drink fizzy drinks anyway so I had like a can of coke and I had the best time ever. And I would say, like, out of the table, I probably had a better time than people that were drinking on our table. And I think it just, for me, I was like, I need to know that if I'm going to something, it's going to be something that I really love and I'm really going to enjoy. Like, I feel like I'm more selective with my invites and my time now because, yeah, and I can be, you know, I was, I dance, I sang, and uh, things like that. If you'd have said to me in like December or at any point actually in the past, like, oh, you will go to an Abba Bingo event, you will be all dressed up, you will be stone cold sober, everyone else will be drinking, um, and you will be dancing and you will be singing. And I'd be like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> um, but yeah, like I did it and I definitely know, you know, it, it was a really good experience, but there's definitely some sort of, there's always a bit of nerve, isn't there, when you're going to do something for the first time or you're just, yeah. And it, I think that event gave me a lot of confidence to do other events and stuff. I've got like a Hindu next year and the organiser has been great. She's very much like, okay, we're going to do brunch, but these are the alcohol-free options. And, you know, like oh, that's she's nice. very aware of it, which is really good. But mm-hmm. I don't feel as nervous for that because I've had that experience now. And mm-hmm. I think not every experience is going to be like that, but... Yeah, you don't have to be, you can still enjoy some of the things that you used to enjoy and you might enjoy it more. Um, but also as well, if you don't enjoy it, that's okay as well. Like sometimes yeah. you just kind of have to just see how you feel and it's okay if you 
you know, if you don't feel okay in those things. But yeah, yeah totally agree with that. I totally agree. And I also think as well that um I like I I'd I just feel like I enjoy everything more now that I'm not drinking. Yeah. And it's so funny, isn't it? When you start this journey, you just have that fear that everything's going to be a bit rubbish. Yeah. You're never going to find that connection or that, that deep fun joy, those things. Whereas now I just think, I just feel like everything I do is just so much better now yeah. I'm not drinking and I always think back to how would it be if I was still drinking yeah and I always feel so grateful that yeah. I don't have to put myself through that anymore you know because it's just yeah. like you say you've had a few experiences where you've really enjoyed yourself and that will just continue to grow I imagine yeah and, and that that leads me quite nicely to obviously you gave up in December so that yeah. was before Christmas was it yeah yeah, yeah. So what was it that was like navigating your first Christmas um, you know straight away yeah so I think to be honest I'd done that week I'd done the two work Christmas parties I had I'd done the friends Christmas party so um and I mean, this is sort of like probably a bit relevant. My grandma passed away at the end of the November. So I think that was sort of all like playing into it as well. So we had her like funeral just before Christmas. So to be honest, it was a bit of a weird Christmas anyway, just because it was a bit quieter and obviously my like dad was grieving and stuff. But um, yeah, like Christmas for me was okay. Like I went back to my parents, I ended up staying there for a bit longer. They're not huge drinkers, as I mentioned before. Um, at the time, they were actually having like some work done on their house. They didn't actually have a Christmas um <laughs> kitchen, so we went out for lunch. And I think the only thing that alcohol was around on that that whole sort of time was I think I got asked when we got to the dinner, "Do you want a glass of prosecco?" I was like, "No, I'm fine. Okay, cool. What do you want?" And um, I'll just have like I don't know whatever whatever I had Sprite or something. And for me, that was how I think because I knew that it was going to be like that that's why I wasn't worried about doing it at that yeah. time of the year and I think but I was thinking about it and I was any time of the year there's always going to be something you know mm. if you do it in December it's Christmas if you do it in January it's a bit depressing do you want to do you want to have a drink to cheer yourself up if it's February you've got pancake day Valentine's day like then you're going into Easter then you've got spring summer like oh but then it's autumn you know you want to have your like I don't know mold wines coming up and then it's Christmas and holidays and there's always going to be a reason why it's the wrong time of year to start but um the one thing I did do over that period of time was I was a bit nervous about New Year's and we didn't have any plans for it so we ended up just booking a like a really quiet like B&B in Bath and we just got the train to Bath on New Year's Eve and the flat I was living in at the time the downstairs neighbour she'd be a bit loud sometimes and I was really nervous like if she has a party I don't want to be like having to knock to say like can you be quiet and I don't want to I just want to be able to like go to sleep and just have a like a relaxing so we went out for like a dinner and then we went back to the B&B and just watched some of the fireworks and went to sleep and I yeah just sometimes if you need to in early doors take yourself out of that situation it's absolutely fine so for me I was just like I want it to be really quiet and actually it was amazing because the next day we got up we went for breakfast and I had such a good breakfast and it was so nice to be like I'm starting the new year on that and it was nice to have like three or weeks or so behind me to then go into January and then it just kind of kept building and I knew because I'd done January to like April before I knew like I've done it before I can do it again Mm. and then going into the summer I think you know I had like five six months then behind and you just kind of like build up with the strong yeah with the momentum but there definitely is that that there will always I think in the first year you've got so many like firsts and stuff you just don't know how it's going to go I think in the February I had like my first uh, birthday drinks and it was with the same friends that I went out with on the the night the last night that I drank mm. and again it sometimes I think it's you just don't know how people are going to react especially if they've known you as a drinker yeah um, and I think now I've got a lot more weight in my words but I think when I when I saw them in February it was sort of like oh, okay you're not drinking you're pregnant I was like no like <laughs> I would tell you if I was but I'm not and then I think now if I say it because it's been so long it's like oh no you, you're actually sticking to it I think sometimes it gets thrown around a bit if you are really hungover I'm never drinking again so yeah. sometimes when it's the first couple of weeks or months people are like yeah you, you know you will one day won't you kind of thing and I think 
yeah, once you just got to build that momentum and then it just gets easier and easier. And I think going into the spring, summer, that's when I started to find it easier to speak to people like work colleagues about it and just be like, oh, I don't drink anymore. Or like I'm not drinking. And actually you realize you're not actually the only one. There's a lot of people that won't be drinking in those situations, but sometimes they're probably the ones that come along and leave. And if you're drinking, you don't actually really even remember them being there because you're so caught up in your drink bubble as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just building that momentum and just sticking with it. But I was really determined that I, this is what I wanted to do. And I remember, particularly over that Christmas New Year's period, like reading loads of different books and just starting to like follow accounts on Instagram and just start again involved in it and then seeing that like sober community and I think it's great now because you've got so many different people that are on there and speaking about it as well so you know it doesn't matter what stage of life you're at you're going to find someone whether they're a student whether they're retired their mums like working whatever it is you're going to find someone that you can kind of relate to yeah yeah do you think that's what made the difference from all the other stints perhaps 100% I didn't do I didn't really read about it um, I might have read like oh you know health top 10 health benefits of giving up in three months that kind of that kind of article yeah. um but no I I definitely I, I bought um books and then when I created the group um that was definitely a bit where I was like oh no I'm gonna like I'm gonna do this and I was it wasn't something I'd like really planned I think I can't remember what day it was it was a day of the week and I just remember being like I've just got this feeling I should make this Instagram page just gonna do it like why not and Amazing. yeah just yeah and then just was like say I want to go for a coffee like next week and then it just built from there but I think yeah connecting with other people that are doing the same thing because and I, I think I did feel a little bit silly because I was like oh I still feel relatively new to sobriety I'm only like well maybe like two months approaching two months that I'm like hosting this thing or like trying to arrange people to get together but actually hearing different people's stories and how they found it or how it's changed their relationships and so on and like things like that it was just really helpful to have that and we made a little whatsapp group as well so you know we had one of the ladies yesterday she's amazing and she's just celebrated her year and she's had such a tough year and I don't think she knows how um strong and how I just I find her incredible because she just turns up to everything no matter what's going on she always just comes along and she always just yeah I, I just she's she celebrates her year and she I shared it in the group and it's just nice that you can have that little like group together and you know people are cheering you on and if you have got moments where you're like oh I'm going to a you know, festival this weekend any tips people will share them I'm going on my first holiday what have you found helpful and like it's nice to have that community and that that's made such a big difference yeah. I think you can't keep doing the same thing in the same environment and you expect a different result like you have to change something and you don't not saying get rid of all your friends or anything like that but there will be friendships that you have like that they're more drinking friends and maybe that isn't quite as much of a match for you anymore um and that's okay because if you're not getting what you need out of that friendship maybe they're not going to get that back from you as well so yeah I think just taking stock of where you are and who's around you and just reaching out to people as well if you need it yeah it's it's so important isn't it I, yeah. I, I love as well you know that you really give yourself permission to choose what's right for you and yeah it's like you say I think the friend thing is is another area that people have big concerns about in the beginning yeah, how will it impact their friendships and I remembered having those concerns too but there's always space for new connections in yeah definitely life. and that you don't need to be completely connected to everybody that you were in your 20s or your 30s. Yeah. Friendships change, people move away. You always wish people well, but you maybe just don't see them as much. And there, you know, you create space in sobriety for yourselves and new connections. And I think that is really important. And that is a really nice bit of the journey I I didn't have any sober friends for a while in the beginning and but now I've got lots of sober friends and and that yeah and I and I, and I love I love all the different friendships that I've got sometimes yeah. I can see old friends and have a good laugh about things 
sometimes I can meet new friends and and do things that I wouldn't do with those old friends you know and yeah. it's, it's lovely to be able to move through those different friendships and they're rewarding you know you yeah. give and take in those situations and yeah. I think I think it's about when you're going into this into sobriety or into this new journey you know you don't have to do everything on day one you know yeah you don't no, have to find not. friends straight away like you can yeah. let things unfold slowly and go slow yeah. and and yeah. just be open to those sorts of things coming in and, and seek them out as well I mean you you've been really good at yeah. seeking out connections in your life and that's you know that's, yeah. that's a great skill that's really supported you and and not only that you've helped other people as well in that process haven't you because hopefully a little bit yeah, hopefully. yeah and it's, it's healing though isn't it it's a lovely thing to be able to do that I think and to create something that's helping you but is also feeding itself as well because yeah. it's helping others I just figured I'm not the only person in this situation there'll be other people I just need to find them how can yeah. I do that well let's try this Instagram let's try and find you know people that will be like me in that situation and just yeah, yeah do that really but I think it's brilliant yeah. so good and what would you say has been the biggest gain for you you know what what's really changed I would say probably I've just gained so much more time because I'm either doing things that I love and want to do or I'm not spending time with my head in a toilet bowl or lying in bed regretting it or blank out in a bar. Like I've I've gained so much more time, which has helped everything really. You know, you've got the time to sleep or exercise or, you know, spend time with friends or be in situations you really want to be in. And I think the game the game for me would definitely be time, but the connections I've gained is definitely up there as well. Yeah. I keep seesawing between the two because I think if I didn't have the time I wouldn't have the time to do the connections yeah. um but yeah the friendships that I've gained from this I just if you'd have said to me this time next year you know like you'll be going you, you know you'll be seeing to this person and you'll be going to this event I think we did a um we went to a roller disco um a couple of months ago but if you'd have told me I'd have been going to like a roller disco with like six seven people I didn't know um I'd be like really um but the yeah I just definitely the the connections and the the friends and the time that I've gained I just I didn't expect it at all um and I wouldn't trade it it's just not worth it I've just like I said earlier I've, I've found the connections that I wanted and was hoping to find through you know being out and drinking and being social that way I've yeah, yeah it's just been yeah it's been really nice so uh-huh. 10 out of 10 recommend it yeah <laughs> and how and how has it changed your relationship with yourself? Um, I feel like I have a lot more like trust in myself, and that I am trying to like do the best for, like thing for me, and um, yeah, just looking after myself. Really, I think it's nice knowing that I'm not like actively choosing to do something that really doesn't help my body um and I think in the next couple of years you know hopefully I'll be able to like become a mom and things like that and I think it's just it's nice knowing that I'm choose actively choosing to do to not do something um that is just benefiting every single area of my health and my life as well so I think a lot kinder to myself um we all, I guess we all have our moments where we're just like, oh, it's just like, why have I done this or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I think I'm just a lot more, yeah, I've just got a lot more like kindness for myself and just, yeah, I'm, I'm just able to make healthier decisions. I don't, I think it's really hard to, you could be, have, be like the most healthiest person on paper. If you're still drinking, it's still not, not great. You're still poisoning yourself you're still you know increasing your risk of like cancers and things like that and you know mentally you may be not as not as clear as you could be as well so so true yeah so true oh I love those in terms of your top tips what would be the three things that you would advise people to do I think the top 
three would be definitely be really clear on why you are doing this. So when I first was like, right, I can't do this anymore, I downloaded one of those tracker apps. I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of the countdown, mm. uh, like all the timer ones. So you'll log in and it'll tell you how long you've been sober for. And I think I put in there like the money as well, so you can look at how much you saved. And on there, I put a note about why I didn't want to drink anymore, or it wasn't agreeing with me. It wasn't, you know, I had certain health and fitness goals. It's not, it's not working towards that. So I had to be really clear on why you were doing it because. Mm when you have those moments where it's like oh oh it's really hot out everyone's having a drink you're like no you just want a cold drink you just want something like refreshing you don't need the alcohol like just be really clear on why you are doing it because Mm. you're going to need that when you're maybe in a situation where it's a little bit tougher um so I think that would definitely be my tip um fully immerse yourself in all of the 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 books and the podcasts and the social media accounts and everything you know you don't have to be going to like meetups if you don't want to but you can still you know people are going to be sharing their tips and their advice and stuff so I think just fully immerse yourself in that and if you need to reach out to people do and just get involved in it and you know make it this is your life now this is your lifestyle it's not just oh you know just just jump in just do it um I think yeah definitely the community and I think the other one would be to just sometimes you'll go to things that will be tough but there will always be that like moment that is really good from it um so just really appreciate those like sober joy moments and whether it's you're waking up really early and you don't have a headache like just take stock of that be like well this is really nice or you know the taste of food or Mm. your breakfast or whatever it is just really enjoy those ones I think just don't lose sight of those because I I, to give a live example of it I went to a Lizzo gig um a couple of months ago and it was amazing but there definitely was a moment when I walked in and it felt like everyone was drinking and I was like oh but this is odd like how do I how do I enjoy this concert without being drunk like how do I dance here how do I sing and it was fine I got a lemonade and I really that feeling passed and it was fine and by the end you know singing and dancing and I felt very aware of like I could actually see like the whole of the stadium I wasn't just like drunk tunnel vision on the stage and just having these little blankets so I could really like I just remembered everything and the the best bit was the next day when I woke up and I was like I'm tired but I'm absolutely fine and I could continue on with my day so just when you have moments like that even if there are a bit more like challenging moments there's always a bit of joy in there as well so like make sure you know your why get involved in the communities or read and just really immerse yourself in it and then find those sober joy moments as well and just those would be my top three tips I think oh they're perfect they're so good really good tips I love that I heard a word like fairly recently called glimmers Glimmers, it's such a nice word isn't it yeah find and appreciate the glimmers you know the things that are really brilliant about you not drinking in in whatever the situation is yeah and try to anchor on those I think it's such good advice yeah we sometimes the human brain can over focus on what's not going well or the negatives or what we feel like we're missing out on and especially in the early days the emotional bit of our brain is trying to drag us back down and get us drinking again um but if you can just have that mindfulness and and be like you say be aware of that and try to find those glimmers and then just you said another thing as well which I think we cannot underestimate the power of realizing that it will pass and yeah this is quickly really yeah like what 10 15 minutes of feeling yeah. uncomfortable and then yeah. it goes and you move on you get on like the drinks yeah. not coming okay brain gets the memo let's yeah. now enjoy the night you know it's yeah very think very powerful it's always that like this I think that first drink is really um such a key thing because yeah you can go to an event and as soon as you're like right I'm gonna have this soft drink or whatever it is water sparkling water alcohol free alternative whatever drink it is once you have that it's like it just it does just pass really quickly and sometimes it's like no you you just want something cold and something fizzy and 
that's that's all it doesn't and need to it. have everything else and yes. yeah it does it does pass but it's just like making sure you get to that point yeah that's right it's just holding your own hand yeah. <laughs> walking yourself through that moment isn't it um, yeah oh Emily if you're open to sharing more about your journey and and your fabulous meetups and things for people especially that might be local to you where can we find you yeah, so I'm on Instagram at SoberGalsBristol. Um, so all, all lowercase, all one word. Um, and then, yeah, find me on there and I share share little snippets of share my shame like every now and again with the different uh, memories from the past um, and also just, yeah, um, reflections on, you know, different sober milestones and just group meetups and little pictures and stuff like that as well. So, yeah. Perfect. Find me there oh perfect and huge well done on your nine months and uh yeah wishing you all the best for your soberversary what 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 an exciting time that is and yeah big big well done on creating the community as well I think more and more people you know want this stuff you know they want they especially want to have that face-to-face connection which I think is yeah. It's lovely that there are things, you know, groups like yours that you could get together and have a coffee and have a natter. And uh, yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, so at Sober Gals Bristol. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today, Emily. It's been thank you for having me. Pleasure. Yeah, no, it's been really good to hear your story and to just hear how normal your story is as well. You know, it's an everyday story from everyday person. I think those are the ones that have the most impact to be honest because I think a lot of people will relate to your story and what you were saying and you know like you say there wasn't any big dramatic rock bottom you didn't you know didn't crash a car (laughs) or anything like that um uh, it was so much more subtle than that you just got fed up and I I really relate to that and I'm sure many others will do as well so thank you very much and thank thank you. you to everybody else as always and catch up next time bye thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you're interested in being a guest please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Sassy Sober Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.